Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. A special bonus edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. So much to get through, so busy, so many stories, so much to talk about. And I'm thankful to be talking about it with you. So grab yourself a snack and a beverage, or just a beverage, that's fine. Just a beverage will do nicely. Preferably alcoholic, it makes me more attractive. Actually, get two beverages. Skull! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am Boogie Bumper, your host. Hopefully for the next hour or so, we'll see how we go. Thank you so much for joining us on this special edition, this special bonus edition of the show. It's an absolute pleasure to see you there. Like I said, we've got so much to get through. We're going to have a little bit of fun tonight. Well, I guess we shouldn't have too much fun. We shouldn't have too much fun. We've got very serious matters to discuss tonight, actually. In all seriousness, we have a lot of pain that needs to be addressed. We have a lot of substantive, genuine concerns that need to be addressed tonight. So it's not going to be all beer and Skittles, I'm afraid. I'm afraid we're going to have to feel uncomfortable for once in our dreary, boring, lonely lives. We're going to have to put ourselves into a state of unease so we can be better placed to learn from each other, from the world, and learn about ourselves. While vaping, yes, of course. Vape while you can. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to learn a little more about yourself, then you could do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. So much to get through. Uh, for the people, there was a couple of people asking in the chat, like, is this a new time slot? If we've been going at 6 p.m. for the last two weeks, and the channel that you're watching this on now, if you're on Periscope, this just applies to the Periscope people. If the channel that you're watching the show on now, this is the new channel. So this is the channel for the show. So if you want to get notifications directly for the show when we go live at 6 p.m. each night, uh, hit the three dots on your screen and subscribe. So it's a different channel. You'll see it's called uh, The Daily Boogie or Daily Boogie Show, I think. And this is going to be the channel for the show from now on. So just so you know. Uh, let's rock and roll. Let's get right into it, shall we? Um, I just want to quickly follow up on what my comrade James was talking about. And good news, everybody. James has changed his name. He's no longer a, a Da Vinci Code aficionado. He's changed his Twitter handle to something a little more respectable. James Real Person. James real person and I really do appreciate the extent that James has gone to to show our Tech Valley overlords just that he is not a bot I'm sure if you put real person in your Twitter handle they couldn't possibly ban you for being a bot James <laughs> you're very clever you're a very clever man 
It's like, hang on, I'm going to put... Uh, if I put real per at real person, then surely when they go to ban me, they'll be like, ah, oh, no, see? A robot wouldn't call themselves a real person. If a robot tried to call themselves a real person, their head would explode and their circuit board would melt. You see? Because they can't feel human emotions. Yet. Yet. I do have that sex bot on layaway, though. So, we'll see. I'm willing to test it out. I go the extra mile for this program. So, the real person on Twitter, James R. And just to stay in line with Twitter terms and service, um, it's not actually James. It's somebody very close to James. So, if you follow at real at James real person you're not actually following James you are following his uh, one of his employees who is monitoring his Twitter account because of course Twitter terms and service dictate that once you're banned you can't come back and start a new account so I just want to make it clear that it's not really James if you send that account a message that person that runs that account will then relay the message to James they'll get on the intercom while he's at the headquarters of trust and verify over there in Hawaii getting a lommy lommy massage and being fed pistachio nuts with a long pair of barbecue tongs by his assistant Dorothy Boyd and I'm afraid it needs to be a long pair of barbecue tongs when you feed James his pistachio nuts because when he goes after it it's kind of like a snapping turtle and if you're in the wrong position or you're not quick enough you don't remove your hand quickly enough from the action zone then you could lose a finger so Dorothy dips into the bag of pistachios and drops the pistachio nut just on the end of James R's tongue and then quickly retrieves the, the tongs before they follow the pistachio nut in, down into his gullet. So it's not actually him, but at real person, where, where the hell was I? <laughs> at James real person. So I just want to quickly follow up on what he was talking about in his scope about half an hour ago. Um, this is fantastic. If you can see the headline there for the podcast listeners, obviously you can't. Schumer, I don't know any Democrat who agrees with O'Rourke on gun seizures. Isn't it funny how so often we as a public, we as a media-consuming body politic, are pushed from one direction and then pulled from the other direction? So you've got so much reporting uh, flying around today that suggests William Barr is looking for opportunities to enact gun control legislation, that Donald Trump wants to confiscate people's guns, right? So that's humming along on one frequency. And then on the other frequency, you now have the leadership of the Democrat Party pushing uh, Beto O'Rourke out to pasture. Like, basically disavowing his policy on gun control. Hey, ain't that the done? Isn't the timing spectacular? <clears throat> of course, obviously the Democrats would have done some internal polling. And if they didn't do some internal polling, then this proves at least that they are not completely brain dead. And they know, like we've said so many times on this show, like we've spoken about on Trust and Verify, there is a reason that the Democrats don't chase after gun control legislation, ladies and gentlemen, when they have power, when they have the ability to do it. And that reason is simple. Large chunks of Democrat voters do not agree with gun control legislation. In fact, there are many Democrat voters who wave American flags, drive trucks, and shoot rifles on the weekend. The Democrats know this. They make all the noise about gun control because it energizes the fringe elements of their support base, and it gets people on TV, and it provides opportunities to call Republicans heartless and callous and murderers and say that they have blood on their hands. It makes for good copy. 
on the internet blogs. But when push comes to shove, when the game starts, when they cross that white line, the Democrats cower away from gun control, turn into, go into the fetal position and start pissing themselves like a scolded dog because they know gun control, the type of gun control that somebody like Beto O'Rourke is pushing in order to get himself in the newspaper to try and generate some kind of talk about himself since he's polling at less than 3%, they know that kind of gun control is so unpopular with even the majority of Democrats that trying to enact such a policy would equate to political suicide. So before the party gets suicided, Chuck Schumer has decided to suicide Beto O'Rourke instead. (laughs) Senate Minority Leader Charles Schumer on Wednesday told reporters that he doesn't know of any other Democrat who agrees with Democratic presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke's proposal to confiscate automatic weapons. He said, and I quote, I don't know of any other Democrat who agrees with Beto O'Rourke, but it's no excuse not to go forward. Senator Chris Coons was one of the first Democrats to come out against O'Rourke's plan. A day after the debate, Coons, who has backed former President, uh, Vice President Joe Biden in the Democratic race, warned O'Rourke's proposal would be played for years at Second Amendment rallies with organisations that try to scare people by saying Democrats are coming for your guns. Senator Joe Manchin, ladies and gentlemen, from West Virginia, told reporters on Wednesday that O'Rourke is not taking my guns away from me. He said, Beto O'Rourke's not taking my guns away from me. You can tell Beto that, okay? <laughs> Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin giving it a bit of mole on Labe to Beto O'Rourke. So before Beto O'Rourke's politics, before his policy announcement can poison the well of the rest of the Democratic candidates, the decision has come down from head office that Beto O'Rourke needs to be pushed out right out off the field. And it reminds me of, like, a Discovery Channel kind of thing. You know what I mean? Beto O'Rourke, who recently barely survived against the Republican candidate Ted Cruz in the Texas Senate rate, now finds himself wandering the plains of the Texas desert alone and without the safety of the herd. For he has been left behind by the keepers of the herd, Mother Pelosi and Father Schumer. Because they have identified him as the weakest one and they are aware at this time of season with an election just around the corner that the young, weakened cub, Beto O'Rourke, struggling to walk under his own strength, will be the perfect sacrifice for the lion pride which is now encircling in preparation for a bloodthirsty feast this time next year in 2020. And so goes Beto O'Rourke. Thanks, Beto. Thanks for the memories. It's all over for Beto O'Rourke. Well done. Thanks, Beto. It was real. It was real. Can I get a hell yes? (laughs) Can I get a hell yes from the audience? Actually, no. We're talking about Beto O'Rourke here, aren't we? Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Thanks, Beto. Long-time listeners to this show, ladies and gentlemen, will know that um, I'm a very hip young man. I'm somebody who closely follows the trends of the day, and I like to keep in touch with what the kids are doing. Some might say that 
there's only really one person that I can think of who is more in touch with what the kids want, and that would be Bernie Sanders, because, of course, he did a video once with Cardi B. So I'm not claiming to be more popular with the kids than Bernie Sanders, but I do like to think that I know what makes the kids tick. I like to understand what the kids are thinking about, where the trends are headed, what are going to be the pressing issues in the years to come. And so you will be unsurprised to know that I'm a big fan of Teen Vogue, big Teen Vogue reader. And I came across this article the other day, which I thought will be of particular interest to the ladies in the audience. I bet you never knew this. (laughs) And I apologize in advance. I apologize in advance, but I absolutely have to cover this. This is vital news. Menstrual blood magic. (laughs) Three spells for your period. Waste not, what not. That's what I say. In this installment of Practical Magic, Lisa Stardust explains menstrual magic and how to use your periods to connect with yourself. Always remember that magic is for believers, but this column can also simply serve as a guide to getting in touch with yourself, magically or not. Did you see what they did there? (laughs) Already people in the chat are like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yes. Yes, we're going there. Don't you want to be a little more magical? Wouldn't you, don't, aren't you, I can't believe this. How can you be against this article? Ladies, you have superpowers. You have magical powers right there, ready to go once a month. A magic potion, if you will. (laughs) The article continues. Even though it's completely natural, modern society has stigmatized menstruation. We've seen all, we've seen how that stigma is spread from tampon commercials showing women discreetly discussing their periods to the way we hide our own menstruation when it's our time of the month. Rather than play into this patriarchal shame, you see, because it's all the men's fault. Sorry, ladies. (laughs) Witches and other masters of magic believe menstruation is a gift from nature. In witchcraft, one's menstrual cycle is considered to be an extremely powerful time, particularly when it lines up with full moon Scientifically speaking, I'm I'm glad that we're speaking science here. Scientifically speaking, the moon does not influence when you get your period. Our menstrual cycles can connect our bodies to the universe, which is the intent of magic. So in a way, it's true. Periods are magic. Yay! I can't wait for the next children's party when the magician pulls a bloody tampon out of his hat. (laughs) Maybe they put like, uh, you know, three three pads face down and then move them around like three-card Monty. And it's like, you've got to find the red one. No, oh, no, no, not there. No, no, not there. <laughs> Maybe you throw like a whole heap of bloody tampons into the pockets of your tuxedo and a dove flies out. Periods are magic after all. Here are some ways to use menstrual blood to create your own personal magic. <clears throat> Bree Luna, owner and creative director of The Hood Witch, says menstruation is about empowerment. A lot of... <laughs> what isn't empowering anymore? It seems like everything is empowering to this point, so just run with it, I say. A lot of people have been taught to be ashamed of their bodies by society, and getting their periods is part of that. 
But by changing our perspective, we can create a new dialogue and learn to appreciate our monthly flow. Ladies and gentlemen, were you aware that there was this pressing demand to have more conversations about the menstrual cycle? Ladies, if, if, you know, if there are any ladies in the audience, I, assume, I don't want to assume anybody's gender, of course. It's not that kind of a show. It's not that kind of a podcast. But if there are indeed any female identifying members of the audience, um, press one in the chat if you would like to have more conversations about your period. Press one in the chat if you would like to have public conversations about your period. Because remember, it's empowering and your period is magic after all. Wouldn't you like to have public conversations that are empowering about your menstrual cycle and learn how to appreciate your monthly flow with your sisters? Wouldn't that be a great great experience, a learning experience, a magical experience, one might even say? Sounds good to me. Bree said, It marks a time perfect for gently implementing self-care into rituals and symbolizes personal transformation and growth. So we're going straight into rituals now. Okay, so here's, here's your first ritual. Here's your first piece of period magic. Protection from unwanted negativity. Menstrual blood can be used in spells to ward off evil and protect us if used properly. They're, they're, very, they're very clear to say only if used properly. We can't have you spraying menstrual blood around willy-nilly unless you know the specific proper rules of magic because this is very serious stuff. This is not for... Uh, you know, the uninitiated. This is not for the uneducated. You need to learn your shit first before you start using your period blood to cast spells. Blue June, host of Mystic Witch Podcast, suggests creating a witch bottle to repel negative vibes from others. I actually think that works. If you wore a, a period bottle around your neck and just started walking around with it, I'm sure that you would get Many unwanted advances would turn and and walk the other way, don't you think? <laughs> if, you wore, if you wore a used tampon around your neck, I'm sure that a lot less people would talk to you. If that's what you're going for, maybe there's something to this. Maybe we shouldn't be so cynical. She says, and I quote, Collect any pieces of broken glass, tacks, nails, screws or anything else you've collected from your journeys that could injure you. Your journey, where, where are you going? Ladies, do you often take journeys to building sites? Do you often take journeys to building sites where there are broken nails and tacks and screws and <laughs> other pieces of industrial waste from your journeys? Well, if you do journey to a building site, you're supposed to collect up all of these little trinkets, all of these little odds and ends, and put them in a jar. You put them in a mason jar with your menstrual blood or a used tampon, Blue advised, seal it tight and bury it near your home for protection from others. Well, there you go. There's, a, there's a gun control measure right there. Who needs gun control? I've got a jar filled with my own menstrual blood and rusty nails buried in the front yard. That should, that should be fine. That should be fine. Hand in the AR-15, honey. We've got this. <laughs> Tarot reader, Matt Color magic practitioner and curator Sarah Potter recommends using the pot uh, potency of menstrual blood to simplify our lives. When cutting the cord from someone or just something, or just something just won't fix a problem, this means using it to banish anyone that's causing us pain. 
Collect your menstrual blood and add a few drops to a small cup of water and use as ink to write a list of people or situations you wish to release from your life. When your list is completed, set it on fire and picture all of that negativity leaving your energetic field. It's at this point, I would suggest that the witches of Eastwick would be very thankful that there indeed there are indeed no red flag laws. <clears throat> because this kind of behavior, writing a hit list in your own menstrual blood and then setting it on fire whilst you chant to release them from your lives and be free of any negative energy that surrounds you, that might be the kind of thing that gets you flagged on Twitter. Just want you to know. Just putting it out there. That could be the kind of thing that draws unwanted attention. It could be the kind of thing that draws the kind of unwanted attention that you don't want from various federal agencies. But never fear, if you've buried your mason jar full of rusty nails and menstrual blood in the front yard, apparently they can't come get you. They just go to walk up to your front door and then they fall back like an electric shock. (laughs) As long as you've set your menstrual blood boundary... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Somebody's just started a periscope. Let's talk about Boogie Bubba's sperm. <laughs> Heal chakras by becoming one with our bodies. Liz Goldwyn, the founder of Sex Ed, proposes dabbing menstrual blood on the sacral and solar plexus chakras to help alleviate tension. Liz also suggests observing how you feel during each cycle, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Remember, the more in touch with your body and blood flow, the more you can be empowered by your period instead of dreading that time of the month. As we said before, the ultimate intent of magic is to be more in touch with our bodies and their connection to the world. So whether or not you believe in magic or want to use your menstrual blood for spells, simply freeing yourself from menstrual stigma can be a form of magic in of itself. There you go. There you go. Three uh, very easy to learn magical spells, ladies and gentlemen. Something for you to use that previously unused period blood. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) This article, along with anything we refer to tonight, will be in the show notes. So you can share it with your now former friends and explain to them what you do with that excess uh, fluid that you had no use for before. I'm just warding away some evil spirits tonight. Care to join me? All right. I found this video interesting. We are going to get into some racial issues, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. Um, People who don't want to be white anymore being the theme of the day. I came across this video Yoga classes at the U.S.-Mexico border promotes unity without walls. <laughs> Straight away, before we've even uh, started the chat, I think it's very interesting that they're using white flags at the border. I'm sure that's just a coincidence. I'm sure that's just a coincidence. The white flags waving at the U.S.-Mexico border, yoga for peace, just just one of those things, just a design flaw. Somebody accidentally used bleach in the washing machine instead of fabric softener. That's how that happened. 
It was a peaceful act at a place of international tension. International Dozens tension. Dozens of people from Juarez, Mexico, woke up to salute the sun with a yoga class at the Rio Bravo, <laughs> which is on the U.S.-Mexico border. Participants say they envision a future that includes a united border without walls. Nuestro propósito justamente ha sido que estemos... Good for them, yeah, who cares, right? They're just doing yoga. Um, if if the problem is, though, if people were only doing yoga at the border, then there probably wouldn't be any problem, you know what I mean? If people were only doing yoga at the US-Mexico border, then those, you see those guys from the military and the uh, the ICE, right, from the, uh, the immigration department, they were just standing around scratching their ass. They had nothing to do. <laughs> Franklin says Tucker. I think this is very empowering. And and the best thing is they're employed. Look, he's a yoga instructor. He has a job. So, you know, I don't want to hear any more of these stigmatized, racialized, unfair comments about uh, illegal immigrants not holding down legal employment. He's already got a job teaching other people how to stretch. So, you know, rock on, right? Eh, invitando familias a que las familias se unan y que nos manifestemos en el amor diciendo que somos más los que queremos un Juárez lleno de armonía, con prosperidad y sin... Marie in the chat say, teen magazines sure have changed over the years. <laughs> I tend to agree because I, I would I would imagine, I, I mean, you know, for obvious reasons, I've never been an avid reader of teen girl magazines, but I would suspect once upon a time, probably not all that long ago, uh, the teen magazines used to focus on maybe lip gloss, uh, TV, st TV shows and cute boys. <laughs> and now when you open up a teen magazine, it's like, how can I use my period blood to ward off evil spirits? <laughs> Parents must be flicking through it going, wait, where are the shirtless men here? I would rather you look at shirtless men than this shit, right? I'll, I'll take a lipstick, anything. Yes, you can get your ears pierced. Just put that down. Yoga is an ancient practice from <laughs> India that... In Mimi's, Mimi's back from the chat. Mimi ran off uh, during the show to do a periscope called Let's Talk About Boogie B's Sperm Count. <laughs> So if you want to watch uh, Mimi talking about my sperm, then put yeah, give him a wave, Mimi. Uh, <laughs> so everybody can follow Mimi and learn a little bit more about my sperm. <laughs> Very creative. I laughed heartily. Well done. ...to unite the human spirit with the divine. In Western practice, it's developed into a form of physical fitness that's shown to have positive impacts on mental health. These yogis offered their... See, if it has positive impacts on mental health, never mind doing yoga at the US-American border. Maybe we should get these uh, yoga enthusiasts to just go straight up to the cages with the kids. <laughs> just go straight up to the ice-holding facilities and they can do yoga, obviously, on the free side of the cage. You know what I mean? Let's, let's put them right up to the wall and then have the captured people on the other side mimic the yoga maybe they'll relax a little bit maybe they'll be a little less concerned about their plight if they're doing a little bit of downward dog and facing east you know what i mean 
I mean, if it works, it's good for mental health. Let's get it rocking in the ice facilities. AOC wears white all the time. Is she one of these instructors? That'd be nice to see. I mean, let's think outside the box here. Practice to welcome the world to their country. Welcome the world Entonces, to their country. Isn't it, isn't it wonderful? They want to welcome the world to Mexico, but Mexico wants to leave. <laughs> we would like to welcome the world to Mexico. You know, we have a beautiful country here. And we are doing this yoga on the border because we like to promote a united border without walls. So we want to welcome the world to our country here in Mexico. Pay no attention to the 300,000 people just behind me trying to enter the United States. <laughs> they, they, have, they are only running because they haven't done the yoga yet. Once everybody does the yoga, they want to stay. It's a beautiful place, beautiful country. Welcoming the world to the country where the country wants to leave to go to the rest of the world. It's excellent stuff. Very optimistic. All right. Who's up for some racial appropriation? Because it's been so long since uh, Rachel Dolezal made the papers. And you remember the outrage that was caused, rightfully so, when this white woman pretended to be a black woman, right? But the trick is, she just went about it a little wrong, see? What she needed to do, instead of being caught pretending to be a black woman, what she should have done is take people on her journey. She needed to welcome people into her life as she transitioned into a black woman. Do you see? Then all of a sudden it becomes a hero story instead of a villain story. Then it becomes a story of overcoming what you were born with. And what were you born with? Well, some people call it a disease. Some people call it a sickness. Some people just call it being white. But it's a crippling condition. It's one that makes you very bigoted and racist and hateful. It makes you less compassionate. It makes you privileged. And it's something that nobody really wants. I certainly don't. So instead of just coming out one day as a black person, she should have had the video cameras on her during her transitional phase so we can identify with her identity and understand the kind of torment and the torture that she was going through in order to make such a life-changing decision. Well, thankfully for us, uh, for us, somebody has learned their lesson from Rachel Dolezal. A young man is transitioning to Asian. <laughs> yes, yes. Not transitioning to female, not transitioning to, you know, some other gender. He's transitioning his race. He is changing his race through surgery. It's <laughs> All right. Let's just let's just see how this goes. I'm Ollie London. I'm obsessed with K-pop and BTS. Jimin! Oh my god! And I'm in Korea to transform into a K-pop star. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's transitioning into a K-pop star. <laughs> Arthur Blake's like, it's got to be a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You, you'll be amazed the lengths that this guy is going to to look more Asian. Oh, it's not just the eye thing. It's not just the eyes. He's going He's going the full length of the field on this one. Like, if you were just getting, like, a bit of surgery around the eyes or something like that, maybe a butt reduction, that would be one thing. Uh, this guy is, like, having full reconstructive surgery to look more Asian. It's, it really is next level. It's going to be very painful. I'm not actually changing my race. No. Cultural appreciation, not cultural appropriation. <laughs> I love that little trapdoor. It's not cultural appropriation, guys. It's cultural appreciation. <laughs> why did why didn't we come up with that sooner? Why didn't it's like the it's now the go-to line. Next time, ladies and gentlemen, next time you're having a Mexican themed party at the work at the workplace, you know, bring a sombrero and we'll drink tequila and all that shit and eat tacos. And, you know, that do-gooder puts, points, puts their nose in and says, oh, you can't be doing this. This is cultural appropriation. What are you doing? Just turn around to that person and very snappily, like in a queer eye for a straight guy kind of fashion, turn around and say, excuse me, honey, it ain't cultural appropriation. It's cultural appreciation. Oh, yeah. Boom. Mic drop. And then, you know, the rest of the party goers will applaud you for your quick wit. You'll become the queen or king of the Mexican theme party. And the naysayer, the do-gooder, the poo-pooer, will be shamed into the hallway hallway where they belong, where there are no sombreros and there is no tequila. And they'll be out there alone and you will have won the day. So remember that. It's not cultural appropriation. It's cultural appreciation. Bitch. Actually, my friends don't even know. <laughs> They're gonna find They're gonna out see now. my new face for the first time. It's, hey, it's me, Nick. Oh my god. Wow. This hey, we're back. We're back. Sorry about sorry for the sound dropout. Yeah, we're back. It happens from time to time. Um what I was saying was what I like to think about here is these two people, right? Imagine being an everyday Korean, just walking to work that day. You know, you've got your suitcase. It's like nine o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning or whatever. You're just a normal everyday average Korean. And then you see these freak shows walking towards you. <laughs> and the guy, he's obviously a Westerner. Right. He's obviously not Korean, but he's doing his best to be dressed like a Korean. It would be like, if you want, going to Mexico. It's, it's like, you know, when people go to New York in the movies, right? They go to New York and they come out like of the souvenir shop and they've got the baseball hat and the big badge that says, I heart New York, right? Or a New York guy goes to Texas and just comes out walking around first day with cowboy boots with spurs and a hat and a, like a big white jacket, you know what I mean? <laughs> So he's doing the equivalent to the Koreans right now. So I just love to think about the average Koreans walking past, seeing this guy who is obviously not Korean, but doing his dandest to look like every single Korean stereotype and just muttering under their breath, fucking foreigners. Fucking foreigners, mate, I tell you. Because if you thought that only uh, white Western people could be racist... Got news for you. <laughs> Asians are racist, but they're kind of not. They're racist in a very open and honest way, 
they will tell you exactly what they think about your race and why you shouldn't be allowed to partake in their cultural activities. They will tell you exactly why your race is inferior to theirs, to your face, if you ask them nicely. Because, <laughs> see, down here in Australia, I grew up with a ton of Asian friends, like Filipino, Japanese, Korean, Chinese, the whole lot. And they're all different. They've all got their own little different, you know, approaches to things. The, Ch- the Chinese are particularly based. They don't give a fuck. They will tell, they will tell people to their face what is wrong with their people. <laughs> oh, you don't talk to me. Your whole people stink. All you people stink. You smell funny. <laughs> so you can just imagine what these Koreans, these actual real Koreans are saying to each other in Korean while this Western guy dressed like a Korean puppet dressed like a a bad Korean cartoon, comes walking down the street and starts rubbing his hands on the glass where the K-pop cardboard cutouts are. I'll just be like, oh, God. Breaking news, anti-immigrant Korean fascist leader has just been elected in recent elections. (laughs) My God, I love you. Jimin, I love you. I love you so much. Starting hey, BTS. This is going to be like, this is going to sound like an obvious question, but does he speak Korean? Like, how many of you have actually watched (laughs) K-pop? They don't sing in English, generally. Every now and then they'll do a song in English, but they mostly sing in Korean. Does it even matter to this guy? Did he learn Korean as part of this journey? Remember, he's taking us on a journey. It's not cultural appropriation, guys. It's cultural appreciation. Since the last Barcroft (laughs) Gypsy in the chat with a very succinct commentary A succinct piece of commentary He's an idiot (laughs) Joe, I did My life has completely changed I just kind of want to look like him Jimin Fucking hell Like I know I know people from time to time go into the hairdressers and, you know, once upon a a time they used to say, give me the Jen, like the Jennifer Aniston from Friends, that haircut. All the chicks wanted the Jennifer Aniston haircut. And that was one thing, you know, going into a hairdresser and asking to look like a specific, like trying to mimic a celebrity haircut is one thing. It's never going to work. Here's here's the newsflash for you. It's never going to work because you're paying like 60 or 80 or $100 they have a hairdresser on staff who just thinks about their hair, who's just focused on their hair 24 hours a day, pumping it full of berries and nutrients and all that kind of shit that you can't afford, right? <clears throat> so it's not going to work. You'll never have the same shine and bounce. But I don't, I'm not here to ruin dreams. We're here to go on a journey. So going in, getting your hair cut a certain way is one thing. But imagine going to a, imagine going to a plastic surgeon. And saying, I want to look like this guy. (laughs) Like, at what point does the doctor walk in and say, "Mm, okay, okay, that's interesting. Um, Before we engage on this facial reconstructive surgery that will cost six figures and change your life forever, um, this might be an obvious question. Have you considered therapy at all, perhaps, to address any of these uh, potential issues that you might be working through. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm happy to take your money, 
But, you know, there's this thing, the Hippocratic Oath, you know, I kind of got to do no harm. Um, so once we start butchering your face and cutting your cheekbones in half and inserting steel plates in there for no real specific reason, other than you have become obsessed with this fad, <laughs> which nobody will care about in five years, uh, have you have you genuinely considered your mental health right now? Like, I think that's a fair question. Original Revolution says in the chat, I want Spock ears. <laughs> You can you can get them. I guarantee I guarantee you somebody's already got them, and I bet you it's not even one person. I bet you there's like a million Spock guys walking around. And I, I'd I'd love to think of the pain and suffering that uh, a Spock guy would go through when he goes to the Star Trek convention, having just got the ear surgery to make his ears look like the ears of Spock, thinking that he's going to blow everybody's mind. And there's fifty assholes lined up out the front with tickets already with the ear surgery. Oh no! There's so many other Spocks here. I thought I was the only one clever enough to come up with that. I thought I was the only one cool enough to actually get the surgery. Ah. And then there'll be some guy who walks up and he's like, don't worry about that. I'm part of an alien race that doesn't have genitals. Want to look? No. Not really. No, I don't. Good for you, though. That's, um, you're one hell of a fan. (laughs) So I was able to release a K-pop music video, which I never dreamed would happen before. Uh, he can, he can he, I was about to say he can sing in Korean, but I don't know if I'd classify that as singing. <laughs> I don't think that counts as singing. Music video, which I never dreamed would happen before. Okay. It's going through. It's going through like fifty layers of uh, electronic filters to tune it up. You can hear it. It's got that sure effect. Do you believe in love after love? You know what I mean. <laughs> He's on his way to being less of a natural human being already, just with the vocal stylings. I don't know if there's any need for the facial reconstructive surgery. Um, it's just changed my life uh, dramatically for the better. Asian Michael Jackson. And I know for a fact one day soon I'll be able to fulfill my dream and hopefully meeting Jimin. The most important reason that I'm in Korea is obviously for my beautiful transformation, which I'm about to undergo. I love ice cream. I had a dream. I have a dream that one day I will meet a Korean pop star that nobody's heard of and all the children of the world will see me butcher my natural face in order to look like my idol. Cream is amazing. Oh, so good. Especially Korean ice cream. I want Jimin flavor. Do they have Jimin flavor? My friend is coming as well. Did you hear that? She's like, I love ice cream. And he's like, yeah, especially Korean ice cream. I wonder if he says that about everything. I love football. Yeah, me too. Especially Korean football. I love music. Me too. Especially Korean music. I love Chinese food. Me too. Especially Korean Chinese food. I love ice cream. I love Korean ice cream. I love television. Yeah, me too. Especially, I get it. We know. Korean television, right? No, I was going to say better call Saul, but whatever. Thanks for cutting off my sentences, bro. My Korean friend, so I will order for him. Yeah, he's teaching me Korean at the moment. Arthur Blake in the chat's like, I thought he was already done. 
No, he hasn't even started yet. But it's good. He's showing initiative. He's made like 50% of the transformation on his, himself. Is that his mother? in the? Yeah, you can't. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. So accompanying, accompanying him on this journey, uh, we there's another woman who's dyed her hair the same tone of pure white. Um, and she's obviously had a bit of work done too. Very obviously. <laughs> and not just a bit, a lot. And she's kind of trailing around, encouraging him, talking about how awesome it is that he wants to look like he's a Korean. So it could be, it could well be his mother. It's def, I think it's safe to say it's not his girlfriend. I think we can establish that. I'm Korean as well. And actually, my friends don't even know. All I know is you're going to have three silver in one day, you crazy I'm ass. I'm going to go a bit crazy. Yeah. All K-pop stars have a very sharp V-line, mm -hmm. so I really, really need to do that. It's very painful because it's shaving the bones and the inside. <laughs> that was a great moment. Because this woman has obviously had tons of plastic surgery herself. When you get a look from somebody who's had tons of plastic surgery, when you're speaking about your own, you know, ambitions when it comes to plastic surgery, and it looks like she's seen a ghost, it might be time to slow down. <laughs> this this is a person, this is not their first rodeo. This is a person who has done a couple of tours on the operating table. And when they when they shoot you that look, when they've had they've had the eye lift, the tummy tuck, the lip injections, they've had skin taken out of their ass and put on their face or whatever the hell that they do. The breast implants, the ass implants. God God knows what's going on downstairs. But when they've had that much work done and they look at you like <gasps> When you talk about the work that you plan to have done, it might be time to slow down. <laughs> He's like, no, they're actually going to chisel my, my chin to a, to a sharp point. <laughs> Side to the mouth. Ooh, I've but got to break your jaw. They're going to break, they're going to break his jaw. See, now, now I'm just in, now I'm in the mental state of, I just want to see them butcher this guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't even know. Oh my god! I know. I, I, sometimes it's best not to know. <laughs> <laughs> also reduce. He's done his research because you would never, you would never fly headfirst into one of these life-changing moments without first doing the appropriate amount of research. So <laughs> she's like, "So how exactly are they going to chisel your jaw away?" And he's like, "I don't even know." Sometimes it's best not to know. <laughs> so what exactly do you want us to do here? Okay, I want you to cut open my face and artificially make me look like uh, a Korean pop star. And I want you to chisel my chin to a fine V point and chip away parts of my jawbone and then stitch my face back together. And it's like, okay, well... Okay, so and he gets out the the white mark. He gets out the whiteboard and the magic marker, and he's like, "Okay, so first we're going to start." It's like, ah, I don't need to know any of the details. Okay, I don't want to know. You know what you're doing. Just just get it done. Whatever it takes. I don't care. I don't need to know the ins and outs. <laughs> like if you come to my job, I'm not going to tell you how I get the coffee and the milk at the exact proper temperature. I'm not going to tell you how I do that. You don't care about how I get the milk extra frothy at the baristas. All you care about is the cup of coffee at the end. 
So don't don't tell me about how the knife's going in or anything like that. <laughs> Please. Just make me look like this Korean pop star, would you? Okay. I'm in, I'm in the wrong profession. My cheekbones. What do you mean? Well, I'm having the bone shaved down to make my face smaller. And... Mer Mersh in the chat on, on YouTube. Thanks for joining us. Freedom was a mistake. Symmetrical. <laughs> I know. It's going to be painful. Ooh, that sounds really painful, baby. It's going to be know, painful. It's an amazing hospital, amazing medical team. Great medical team. It's, <laughs> it's, it's an amazing... <laughs> Looks on the face from the chick who's had, God knows how much fiberglass pumped into her face, is just priceless. She's horrified. <laughs> she can't believe what she's hearing. It's a great hospital. I did all my research. It's a great hospital. Great medical team. They didn't even tell me how they were going to butcher my skull, but it's fine. So I'm going to be plastic fantastic. So I'm so happy. And plastic I'm going to look fantastic. Exactly like Jimin, my idol. I'm going to be tough, but the hospital and you is all I need so to make I'm so me happy. To be here. Oh, Moon is here. And you're going to say, oh, hi. hi. How are you? Thank you for coming. That smile I need was forced. To know a few more Korean words. Yeah. How can I say, I am your biggest fan? How's he going to explain to the doctor when he... <laughs> so how does this feel? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just so glad that he's put the research in. He wants to be a K-pop star. He can't speak... He's, he's jumping straight to facial reconstructive surgery. He hasn't learned the language yet. No, don't worry. I'll pick it up as we go. That's fine. I'll pick it up when I'm recovering in hospital. The main thing is, can you just cut this part of my face off? Like, I think you fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> oh, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard to pick up the language. <laughs> surgery day. Yay, surgery day. Woo! Of course, people will always be concerned when people do surgery, but it's an individual care. decision and it's a choice that you make with a lot of thought process. So it's not <laughs> something you would ever rush into. <laughs> yes, sir, Harry, lovely to see you again, sir. Nobody he's, actually... he's already told us he didn't even care what they were doing to him. It's obviously, it's not an easy decision to make. Like, it's not something you just go into. Like, I've obviously put a lot of thought into this. How do I say I'm your biggest fan in Korean? Hmm? How do I say that? Like, I've done a lot of research. There's a lot of late nights up late reading, reading about all the stuff and the things that need to go on for make this make this dream a reality. But, you know, I think I'm doing the right thing. I don't care how they do it. <laughs> I don't even know what the surgery's called, but I put a lot of time into this. She knows what I'm doing here. I've got to keep it under wraps. She knows. Just he doesn't. Because every time I have surgery, I always find it much easier to explain after the procedure. Just so people don't worry, I'm in very safe hands in Korea. I See, people are in the chat saying this is sad. No, you've got to look at the positives. This is fantastic. This should go viral. Because this is exactly the kind of thing that some people will watch and go, whoa. This is exactly the type of shit that someone will see and go, I didn't realize that things were this bad. Like, I knew we had our problems, but Jesus. This is happening? This should be getting shared around. This should be getting into, into inboxes.
but don't don't make a mockery of it when you send it. Say say something like, check out this inspirational story. You'll be surprised how many of your, you know, uh, if you have friends who are all about empowerment and we shouldn't be judgmental and stuff like that, you'll be amazed how many of them will write back and go, oh my God, this is horrifying, you know? Check out this inspirational story of a young man and his journey. No, it's the best in the world for plastic surgery. I'm not nervous, I'm just super excited. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Yoon, Manasseh Bhagavatamnidhar. How are you doing? Shall we come in? Thank you so much. Take your shoes off, man. This is a complete specialist in facial contouring. I know some people don't understand plastic surgery, but it's certainly (laughs) becoming a lot more normalised around the world. (laughs) And at the end of the day, I'm doing what makes me happy. I'm following my dreams. The nostrils are very uneven, and it just looks very big and bulbous. But this, this is the thing, see? Gypsy's asking, will liberals embrace him or call it appropriating? This is why I made the Dolzeal comparison, right? Her problem was she just came out. She got caught as a black chick. But if she had have done a, you know, a mini series, maybe three or four documentaries of her transitioning to becoming black, she'd be a fucking hero. They'd love her. They'd say, man, you've just got to be who you are. Don't let society tell you what race you are. It comes from inside, bro. You know what I mean? She'd be a, a figure of inspiration for people. But if you pretend to be black and get caught, that's a different story entirely. So this guy will probably get put up on a pedestal. I want like a very cute K-pop nose yeah. and a very cute it's, uh, it's like smaller shopping. face. So that's kind of the surgeries I'm looking for. I'm not actually changing my race. I have a deep respect for Korean culture. Ah, it's yeah. cultural appreciation, not cultural appropriation. <laughs> Why should it be an issue when someone can change to Kim Kardashian? Like thousands and thousands of women do that. Yeah. Korean people love they're me. All, they're, they're all very perfectly kind normal. To me. They're very nice. They don't have a problem with it. Oh, I would I would advise this chap that he needs to get used to seeing this look on people's faces. <laughs> Memorize that look because you're going to be getting this a lot in the future. <laughs> that awkward, awkward smile. Like, <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> Get away from me. Okay. <laughs> the UK is a very free society, but there's always that judgment there. People yeah, a lot you know, of judgment. look at you in a certain way and think, God, why does he look like that? Why has he got the blonde hair? Why yeah. does he do the surgery? Yeah. Why, why is he getting half of his face ripped off? I am finally back in London. So it's now been two months uh, since my surgery. Oh, looking good, bro. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Selfie. (laughs) So now he's back in London and he's walking around London. He's got the little bear ears. You know what I mean? Because that's what the cool people do. If you if you were trying to be a K-pop star, why would you do it in London? Surely the place to be a K-pop star is where the K-pop is in Korea. Like, I don't know if there's any... Is there a, a K-pop scene in London? Maybe he thinks he's going to be the only one. What do you do if you've got a regular gig at a bar and you're known as, like, the only K-pop star in your county 
and then a genuine Korean family moves in. You'd you'd be looking at that ten year old boy, like just looking over your shoulder, wouldn't you? <laughs> It'd be tempting, wouldn't it, to just like cut the brake lines? There can be only one. You've got to be careful now. Now you're the hunted. And I've healed so much. The swelling went down so quickly. So now we're off to a restaurant to meet some of my best friends. And Yay. they're going to see my new face for the first time. I'm a little bit nervous. But I'm sure they're going to be a bit shocked about how many procedures I've done. Hi, guys. Oh, I have a Korean friend. Hi. It's me, Nair. Oh, my God. How are you? Now, a real Korean friend at this point, okay, if you had a Korean friend and then you disappear for two months and then come back to reveal that you've had surgery to make yourself look like a Korean, your real Korean friend at that point should slap you in the face harder than you've ever been slapped and say, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's what a real friend would do. A real friend would punch your lights out at that point and say, you are a fucking lunatic. What the hell have you done? I'm wondering if these, what looks to be very faddish, potentially vapid circle of friends is going to give him the advice that he needs or tell him what he wants to hear. It's me. The hair festival. Without the mask, we're just Jamie. I didn't know it's you. You didn't know it's me? Oh, I thanks, Lucian. I've got something to tell you guys. You might not take it well. Yeah, take it. Boom. I knew oh it. My oh my god. I knew it. Oh my god. I know. It's a I know. <laughs> I'm betting that's not the reaction that he was looking for. <laughs> oh my god, you're different. <laughs> Never a good sign. Unless you get like, wow, or you look so amazing straight away. Every millisecond that goes by without a compliment at this point, you get closer to suicide when you've done this kind of shit to yourself. Wow, you look so different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now that is a handsome thing. Look at that. Isn't that something? Very pointy nose. The chin the chin definitely has been chiseled down to a fine V. Looking very good. And the eyeliner just tops it off. Well, that was that was totally worth it. Well done, young man. Follow your dreams. Don't be afraid to believe. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself and you can achieve anything. <laughs> Piper's saying, he doesn't look Asian. Don't ruin it. Shh. You look so Asian, man. You look so Asian, bro. Everyone's really proud of you. You did the best thing. Congratulations. Um, What should we do? Where should we go? Okay. Who wants a cute puppy story? I'll tell you what, because we've seen, we've seen the bad... Let's have a look at a cute puppy story. No, I don't know if I'll do Justin Trudeau. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see how we feel after a cute puppy story. Who wants to, who wants it? Yay, puppies. Dog walker from WAG caught on camera going through fridge drinking expensive bourbon. Let's have a look. One week ago, Brent Overholt of Streetsboro brought home Pluto, 
Uh, a nine-week-old golden retriever puppy for his wife's birthday. Ah, oh, look at Pluto. Isn't he gorgeous? Ah. Oh. I worry. For some of us, our dogs are our children. He hired a dog walking service called WAG to take the puppy for a walk Wednesday afternoon while he and his wife were at work. Nice. They went Good. through background nice checks, they went through trainings, they <clears throat> went through interviews. And God bless those to become dog, a dog walkers. So we thought, you know, we're, we're pretty safe. A surveillance camera captures the walker return to the house. <laughs> he... Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see, but <clears throat> the pixelated gentleman, the dog walker, is in the kitchen of the homeowner, and the little puppy is getting a little, you know, Pluto's getting a little drink or a little bit of puppy kibble, looking very adorable. And the young man is, uh, the hand is down the front of the pants. <laughs> <laughs> and he's about to, he's about to, you know, um, <clears throat> make himself at home, so to speak. He handles the niche, then goes right to the refrigerator, oh. not noticing the camera mounted on top. He opens it and then begins rummaging through the kitchen cabinets. He drinks uh, what, what we think is milk out of the fridge. and then What we think is milk. That's when you just take everything out of the fridge that's a liquid. <laughs> I'm just going to have to burn this fridge now. <laughs> Put the milk back in the fridge. He then opens the refrigerator and... Ca see, I don't know. I don't like the idea of having little cameras in your house to see this kind of shit going on. But at the same... I'm torn on stuff like this. Because I don't like surveillance culture. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of like, well, why wouldn't you trust the dog walker? But then you see something like this and you're like, don't ever trust a dog walker. You know what I mean? So what the hell what the hell kind of shit was going on before cameras were around everywhere? You know what I mean? I guess then we didn't have dog walkers, so it probably wasn't an issue, but eh, that's creepy. Cabinets <laughs> a few more times. Then the camera also captures him taking a few shots of expensive bourbon right out of the bottle. <laughs> At least he's doing it right, straight straight to the liquor cabinet. That's my boy. <laughs> if we didn't have the cameras in the house, we'd have... <laughs> That's good shit. What is that, blue label? <laughs> nice. $15 an hour, huh? <laughs> yeah. I had no idea that he had his hands down his pants, his front, his back, touching all over the, the house, drinking out of our, our milk. <laughs> The man fills Pluto's water bowl, plays with him for a minute, and then heads to the fridge one more time. He knocked the camera down off the fridge, uh, realized, he finally realized he was on camera, and then quickly got out of the house. A spokesperson for WAG <laughs> released a statement, which reads in part, In this case, we've removed the walker from our ah. platform so that they no longer provide services through WAG. Problem and our solved. dedicated trust and safety team is in contact with the pet parent to address his concerns. Yes, from here. the safety team. Don't worry, guys. The safety team is on the case. Here at WAG, we can assure you that we put our potential walkers through the most strenuous of selections. We only select our walkers after they have been through a rigorous amount of testing, 
background checks, we make sure that we provide only the best customer service to you, our valued customers. If you have an experience with a walker who masturbates in your kitchen and drinks bourbon straight from the bottle in your from your liquor cabinet, just could you please write send in an email to our our customer safety team and we will investigate the matter. <laughs> Don't worry. We're here for you. On out for us, it's only going to be, you know, friends or family or close people that we know to, to take care of our dogs. That You probably should have done that from the beginning, though, right? Nothing against the dog walkers. I know a dog walker. She makes a fucking killing. She makes a fortune walking people's dogs. But she actually likes dogs and, um, you know, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't do any of that. All right. Let's have a little bit of look at Justin. I need to preface this conversation with something. Um, I don't care about blackface. I couldn't care less about blackface. So if you're looking for the racism, you're not going to find it here. I don't care about blackface. That blackface doesn't inspire me. But what does inspire me is watching politicians make very awkward press conferences where they're begging for forgiveness from the press. I can't get enough of that. I love seeing politicians, you know, feeling feeling dishevelled and squirmish and squeamish and squirrely. I love seeing them fumbling and nervous and apologetic and, and throwing themselves at the mercy of the progressive court. I can't get enough of that awkwardness. So let's check it out. El Presidente Justin Trudeau. This would be good. I want to begin uh, by saying a few words directly to uh, racialized Canadians who face <laughs> discrimination every single day. <laughs> First of all, when I never heard the what the hell is a racialized Canadian? So like minority isn't good enough anymore. We went from black to minority to racialized. I guess you can't say non-white anymore, right? So you get racialized Canadians. I'm here for the racialized Canadians. K-pop stars of the world. But see, straight away, he's, his very first sentence, he's turning it into, this is all about the oppression that everybody feels every day. <laughs> it's, like, it's like just steering it straight away, straight down that alley. First of all, before I get up here and explain why I've broken so many of your hearts who thought that I really was uh, the second coming of the progressive God, let me just say a quick message to the racialized people who are oppressed every single day in this God-awful country by all of the racists out there. Let me just speak to the people who are victims, perpetual victims of my ethnicity. And I just want to apologize to them. Let's make it about them. Uh, in their lives, even in a country like Canada, um, what I did, what did you uh, do? Hurt them. Oh. Uh, hurt people oh, yeah. uh, who shouldn't have to face intolerance and discrimination because of their identity. <laughs> this is something uh, that uh, I deeply, deeply, deeply. regret. Uh, dark. I, d I deeply regret this. I deeply regret it. I don't know. I'm thinking at this point. How about double down? Hear me out. If we can get um, English guys, if we can celebrate English guys having facial reconstructive surgery to look Korean, right, and we can put that up on a pedestal, 
here's this is a pro tip for the liberals out there. This is a tip for the people who are really concerned about things like blackface and injustice of that nature. Here's how you win. Justin Trudeau should come out and say he should have come out in blackface. He should have come out in blackface and said, I am doing this as a token of my appreciation for the racialized communities in Canada. Come on. Come on, give it to me. The reason that you have seen me on film three times wearing blackface is because I love black people so much that I wish I was one. And I wasn't making fun. I, I cried myself to sleep because I knew in the morning I would have to wash the paint off. You know what I mean? What the hell are they going to say then? Well, it used to be offensive to wear blackface, but I guess if you really mean it, <laughs> if you really, really love us, then okay. We understand. Being black is pretty cool. So you go for it, Justin. He's so brave. He's breaking through walls. He's breaking down stigmas. He's a hero. He's a liberator. Might as well go for it now at this point. Because this is the problem. If you make yourself a hero of calling other people racist and then you do something like this, even though, again, like I said, I don't care, but you're, you're breaking the hearts of the people who have supported you. So without them, you've got nothing now at this point. You have nobody because everybody else hates you. The only people that love you are the people who believed you when you said all of the shit that you've been saying for the last three years. And now they don't know. They're lost. They're lost in an ocean of feelings and emotion and guilt and shame. So if you come out wearing the blackface now at this point, at the press conference, and say, I'm doing this because I love you, not because I'm mocking you, not because I'm racist, not because I'm hateful, but because I love you and I want to be you. That, that might be the escape hatch that they need. Just an idea. In your face, uh, regardless of the context or the circumstances, is always unacceptable always. because of the racist history Aww. of blackface. Yeah, it's bad. I should have understood that then, uh, and I never should have done it. <laughs> exactly. Pinochet in the chat. See, Pinochet's using the line already. Remember, it's cultural appreciation, not cultural appropriation. Boom! Psych. <laughs> it's not appropriation, guys. It's appreciation. Oh. You know, I never really thought about it that way. Justin is a thought leader. He's an inspiration to us all. Now we can all appreciate each other for real. Now we don't have to pretend anymore. Thank you, Justin. The next day, there'd be half a million white people walking around in blackface celebrating. Justin's broken down barriers. He's breaking down racial stigmas. Anybody can be anything now. Who cares? He's the best. <laughs> Je veux d'abord dire... Oh, no, dire no. oh no, no, no. We're not doing the French shit. We're not doing the French stuff. Um. All right. Oh, just incidentally, for those who are interested, I brought up the latest polls because there is an election in Canada, in Canada, pretty soon. Uh, the Conservative Party, just ahead of the Liberal Party, the new Democrat Party is falling through the floor. 
This is, by the way, though, CBC News. So this is the Canadian taxpayer-funded news corporation. But I thought it was interesting because uh, they're saying neck and neck, but they're saying that the Liberal Party, which is the left, will edge out the Conservatives. That's pretty much the exact um, synopsis we got before our election here in Australia. And then, of course, you know how that ended up with the Conservatives finishing right over the top in one of the most humiliating defeats for the Labor Party in living memory. So, I just wonder. I just wonder. Because I, 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 I struggle to think, how could this guy still be popular? After the last couple of years, how could this guy still be in the job? And I, I wonder too, if these revelations, if these releases and these leaks of these pictures and stuff, don't automatically assume that it's somebody from the conservative side of the aisle. Because if there's one thing we know about politicians and they're really backbitey and really bitchy and really ambitious. And I wouldn't be surprised. This is I'm just putting this on the table. I'm not saying this is true, but I'm just saying something for consideration. I'm just putting it on the table. I wouldn't be surprised if there was an ambitious politician in his own party who sees Trudeau teetering on the edge of getting kicked out of office and rather than have Trudeau just fall over the line and keep his job for another four years, they would rather politically cut his throat now so he goes out in you know unceremoniously, gets kicked out of the party because he lost an unlosable election and then that ambitious um, politician in his own ranks puts his hand up and says, well, I'll lead. I'll take over if, if you want. I mean, I'm not, you know, not going to do any of that stuff that Justin was doing. You won't find me in blackface, that's for sure. I really care about the minorities. Next thing you know, you're on the fast track to prime ministership, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if that was happening. Because they could suffer um, a minority government as well. And Justin Trudeau would still be the prime minister and they would have no power to change anything at that point. And politicians think like that. You know what I mean? They think in those kind of election cycle systems. So they, some, of him, some people in his party might be thinking it would be better to, for him to lose now so we can get someone in to be the, a strong opposition leader for the next four years rather than have Justin Trudeau win um, and we really get smashed at the next election four years from now and then we're fucked. You know what I mean? Something to consider. All right. One more story here for you. This one, um, this one's going to be called America. What the fuck is wrong with you? <coughs> Pardon me. This was shared by Poppy Lane. <laughs> this story, and uh, there was a lot of talk earlier in the week about fat shaming. Bill Maher and some fat British comedian that I've never heard of were having like a little bit of a uh, you know a, com- a little bit of a host roast between the two of them. Bill Maher, who I like was saying basically, you know, fat shaming isn't a real thing. And if it is, we should keep doing it because more people are getting fat. And this fat comedian basically took it personally and said, don't think I haven't tried everything to be skinny. It's not fair, blah, blah, blah. It was pretty sickly stuff. But then I saw this story and I'm like, oh, bring on the fat shaming. (laughs) This probably is weird. Fried chicken and donuts, not separate, (laughs) together. Yeah, one fast food chain is putting the two together, making it a marriage, and now you'll have a chance to taste it for yourself because... (laughs) Hey? America, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) 
what a heart attack. I can't get enough cholesterol. Jesus Christ. Okay, you love chicken and you love donuts. Do you have to go to a restaurant where they give you both of them at the same time? Well, I just can't decide. I want a bit of chicken on my donut. I want some donut on my chicken. <laughs> KFC. Donuts and chicken. Gets better. KFC is tasting their new chicken and donuts menus yes. items for a limited With ranch dressing, hopefully. Time here in Richmond and Norfolk. <laughs> now you'll be able to get their fried chicken and donut basket or... <laughs> Just a chicken fillet between two donuts. There you go. <laughs> they put a lot of thought into these burgers, don't they? <laughs> Very creative. It's like you can imagine there would be a whole bunch of people in suits getting six figures. It's like, damn, we need to cut off um, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is kicking our ass, man. They're catching up. They're taking over. We need something. Come up with something. It's like the Simpsons with Love Day. You know, there's an extra day on the calendar. We need to fill it with something. How about something like Love Day except not as bad? Oh, okay. Next thing you know, happy Love Day. It's like, well, what about, you know, people? people love donuts. People love chicken and they love donuts. How about a piece of chicken between two donuts? Except we'll be a little more creative. It's like, good idea, Johnson. I know, we'll put ranch dressing on it. Bang, send it out. <laughs> Coming up at six, the obesity crisis hits new heights. <laughs> you can get the sandwich, which features a piece of... Shares in colostomy bags are going through the roof. Fried chicken between two glazed donuts. Wow. Now for a full list of KFC locations where you can try this new treat, you can head to our website at WTVR.com. I the wonder only thing that, if go ahead. they were planning this before all this chicken sandwich nonsense. Uh, they probably are trying to jump in on the craze, but yeah. the one thing that tripped me out, because we talked about this earlier, is that sometimes they'll give you an actual whole chicken with the bone in it. So if you so wanna you want to make a chicken sandwich with the bone in it, you're going to have to be careful because <laughs> you can actually, like the old KFC thing, I ate the bones. Remember that whole commercial thing? First world problems. <laughs> Chicken and donuts together at last. Ladies and gentlemen. That brings us to the end. Thank you so much for joining us on this Thursday edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to be with you. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course... If you would like to send me um, some chicken and donuts, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Don't forget to follow our friends, uh, James, real person, the real the real person Twitter account, whatever the hell it is, <laughs> whatever he is, whatever Twitter name he's using to ensure our overlords in Tech Valley that, that he's not a bot. James, real person. I think that's what it is. And the Mac Files 44 as well. Um, Kimmy Jong-un in the chat. Kimmy Jong-un is live at 11 p.m. tonight. So if you want to check out my favorite things with Kimbo, then follow her at YCensored. Um, other than that, I'll be back on Sunday night with Trust and Verify and the Flying Hawaiian and back with another Daily Boogie on Monday. So until next time, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.